I'm I'm not gonna oh, lie. It's, I like it better when people at work don't know it's my birthday. Yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah? Sure. yeah. <laughs> I don't tell anybody <laughs> except like at my old office where I used to work. We always used to play an obnoxious birthday song if we knew it was somebody's birthday. It was like <laughs> this cool. this metal band. It was like it's your birthday today. Then the come in, Fido. <laughs> awesome that's pretty cool i don't know i'd be down for that yeah i thought I it was hilarious so i kept it up yeah that's that's good no i like it I, I don't know i like i like the attention on my birthday sue me i like the attention right <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Not Your Father's Movies. I'm Vito. I'm Mike. <laughs> I'm Jesse. And I'm Lenny. And we are some dad fathers coming at you with some, uh, you know, I'm going to let Vito say it. It's a birthday dad energy, baby! <laughs> birthday dads! <laughs> birthday dads in the house! Birthday dads right. on the pod! Birthday dads <laughs> in your ears! <laughs> so, <laughs> so we what we try to do on this show is with our regular hosts that we have uh we try and do a birthday episode because our birthdays conveniently fall at different points in the year to interrupt our usual series we're interrupting our western series for this my birthday i'm very excited to do it and so jesse in his episode he picked he, he had to blaze the trail he had to do this first before anyone else and he had to write the book on how to do it and he chose three movies that he had distinct memories of seeing with his dad right yeah that that was it that was 310 to yuma and then two others oh hellboy 2 and gallipoli <laughs> and gallipoli that was the one yeah and since then, we've covered Hellboy 2. You can look, listen back at that one. And we already recorded our 310 to Yuma episode. So Which that's will be fun. coming out very soon. Yeah. Perhaps mm-hmm. next week? Is it next week? Yeah. Or the week, week after. Or the week after. One of these weeks. It's, very soon. It's, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Stay sure tuned. is God's judgment. It's coming. The Green yeah. Knight is coming out the week after? Probably. Then, uh, yeah. Anyway. But he decided to do that, and then it had to fall to me to do either do what he did or do something different. And I chose to do something different. Um, I chose to pick three movies that we can have this debate on whether or not they're dad movies. I, I don't feel very strongly either way. Uh, but I just wanted to pick three that focused on specifically a, a big thing of interest to me, which is choreography. Choreography in on film. It's, it's always been a really big deal to me. When I was younger, I was in martial arts for a long time, like 10 years. And we would have to do these, when we go to tournaments around, our school would have to present a, a choreographed bit, like a sketch, you know, between three and eight minutes long, usually set to music. And there would be months of rehearsals to do this because we'd, we'd try and pick all different kinds of people that were there. It would usually be like some sort of scenario where someone's walking down a street or something and gets jumped and then has to demonstrate self-defense techniques. But sometimes it would get bigger and kind of more exciting. And we were, we were told to kind of run with it and see how we could incorporate incorporate our our skill set and our move set that we had been practicing into this and just show off our level of competency. And generally, we did better than most schools around us. We put a lot more work and a lot more thought and effort into it, um, both the music choice and the movements themselves. And it was just really fun for me to perform that in front of everyone, be that kind of live action stuntman. I, I usually tried to be someone that tried to mug someone because I love getting thrown <laughs> and like doing like a tumble <laughs> or death. And it was just a ton of fun. And so growing up, 
when I'd watch movies, I just would particularly pay attention to the fight choreography or the action choreography of the set pieces and just see how like how my experience matched up with the movies. And I generally found that most movies are choreographed like shit. <laughs> they look terrible <laughs> and they get around it by cutting fast or by using CG to fill in gaps. But I picked three movies that don't do that at all. Three movies that are literally about the motion of the human body and how it interacts with others. And that's The Raid, Redemption, The Raid 2, Berendahl, and all that jazz. Because <laughs> those all go together. not like the others. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this, or is it? Exactly. And that's Ooh. actually what I wanted to talk about. Ooh. I actually don't think... That, that's the subtitle of this episode. Or is One it? of these things is not like the others, or is it? Right. And I would like to just kind of, maybe we can just talk about the movies in general before we kind of go to our questions, if everyone's cool with that. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's really cool. I didn't know that you were, you, I mean, I, I knew that you'd been in like karate or martial arts for a number of years as a kid, but I didn't know that you guys did that. Like, I don't know, the choreographed performances. That's really cool. Yeah, it was, really it was cool. a lot of fun. We did them two or three times a year and we'd, yeah. we'd travel around uh, our state and in, uh, you know, Wyoming and into Montana and everything. And yeah, some of the bigger schools, they, they do their performances and they just have all the, the nice gear and everything. And we didn't have anything. All we had was like a six song choice. And then we'd, we'd sometimes like do full contact when we said we wouldn't do full contact just <laughs> to like show off the, to the other schools. It was fun. So you were like the Oliver Twist crowd. Pretty much. The yeah. horror crowd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, yeah. I like to think of it like we were the Toon Squad, you know, yeah. going up against the Monstars in Space Jam. <laughs> Great. Um, I, I did know that you were in martial arts, but I didn't know you enjoyed mugging people. Oh yeah, That's no top, top five. You didn't know that? I mean, I thought everyone knew that about Vito. He just gives off that energy. What know? what I've tried to do recently is do the pod instead of mug, and it's been good Ooh. for my soul, bad for my wallet. Yeah. Gotta say. Definitely a less efficient form of mugging. That's that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I just mug your guys' time. What, what, what are some of the six songs that you picked? Uh, I mean, there was classics. We did like uh, one year we did um, the Battle of Helm's Deep. Oh, music. awesome. Yeah. And that, that cool. was supposed to be that was like a five on five fight. That was really fun. Nice. And did then, anyone have like the bow and like slide on a shield? That's that's just no, no, I'm sorry. It sounds pretty lame. Ooh. It was martial arts. It wasn't sounds full weapons. <laughs> sounds pretty lame. I, no one sh- no one pulled out a crossbow and shot someone in the chest. What are you even doing? I remember you're not doing that, that martial arts show for forever. If that happened. <laughs> yeah. For me, that guy died. <laughs> <laughs> that guy died. It was crazy. It was a crossbow bolt. French is just that they want to know better, but they did. They're crazy. They're martial arts people. That guy, he he just we signed the waiver. He's like, whatever it takes to get this little sket off the ground at 10 a.m. in a gymnasium. <laughs> Years later, they come out with a movie based off of Birdman, but it's called Crossbow Man. Crossbow Man. <laughs> A guy who died in the performance. Okay, now we spoil Birdman. (laughs) (laughs) Leave all that out now. (laughs) Uh, Or did he? Or did he? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) But anyway, so we got the Raid Redemption from 2011. Uh, Actually, let's let's go chronologically. Uh, So we got all that jazz, 1979. This movie made $37 million worldwide in 1979, which is a whopping $139 million now. Which is a lot of money. That's a lot of money for an R-rated anti-musical. Yeah. <laughs> Esoteric yeah. nightmare. But it was also nominated for nine Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Director, Best Writing, Best Cinematographer, and it won for Best Set Direction, Costume, Editing, and Music. 
Um, upon the film's release in 1979, Stanley Kubrick reportedly believed it to be, quote, the best film I think I have ever seen. I thought that mm. was a cool quote, especially from Kubrick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this movie is an autobiographical tale, uh, kind of autobiographical, obviously not all the way, by Bob Fosse, who had a real-life heart attack while trying to juggle uh, mounting Chicago on Broadway. Yes, the musical Chicago, and finishing editing his film Lenny in 1974 at the same time. He almost died. Um, and even after the release of this movie, he did die in 1986. So not long of a heart attack. This, of a heart attack. Another one. <laughs> yeah. This is directed by Bob Fosse and written by him and Robert Allen Arthur. Fosse also did the choreography himself. He's known for his movies Sweet Charity, uh, Cabaret, Lenny, and Star 80. Um, he was nominated for four Academy Awards in total and 23 Tony Awards as the only person to win an Oscar, a Tony, and an Emmy in one year. Wow. Yeah. Also, I had a note in here, Roger Ebert didn't understand the story and was confused. I thought that was important to highlight because I was very confused why Robert Roger Ebert was confused. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And Gene Siskel's like, what are you talking about? It's very clear. <laughs> huh. Starring, this movie stars Roy Scheider, Jessica Lange, Anne Rankin, Leland Palmer, Cliff Gorman, and Ben Vereen. Maybe start with you guys. What did you guys think of all that jazz? Let me. <laughs> <laughs> so full disclosure, I missed the first 45 minutes of this movie, um, and I'm pretty tired. So <laughs> my take is not going to be great. But oh, it's and per you perfect viewing condition. just finished watching it an hour and a half ago. It was less than an hour and a half ago. Less or an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> an hour ago. Um, so, yeah, I guess I don't have a clear picture of it in my mind. Um, my gut reaction is that a lot of it was fun. Some of it was interesting. It also seems like it's talking a lot about death, and I don't know if it has anything to say about death. Sure. Death is, death is a nice lady in white costume. I don't, I don't know what else is you want. Is she a nice lady? <laughs> She's the nicest. She's the nicest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is, and that's it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I get why you would have that coming straight out because I also just finished this. <laughs> Full disclosure, we watched it together. There we go. And we waited till just a few hours ago because this movie is really hard to get a hold of. So last night we were going to stream it and we couldn't find it anywhere because you cannot stream this movie, period. Well, I'm sure legally. you can. Legally. <laughs> legally. And I'm a legal kind of guy. So <laughs> I googled where on earth to find this. And of course, Blockbuster isn't a thing anymore. But there's an Xbox thing called a wait, library. Wait. Hang on. Blockbuster isn't a thing? <laughs> Where'd it go? How, did you guys know about this? Yeah. How long have you known about this? I'm happy to whoever's mind is now blown because they've been, you know, in the house for far too long. You're welcome. You can't rent anything from Blockbuster except for the last Blockbuster. But the library, oh, yeah. the library still has movies. And they had this at the library. So we picked it up. Then I also found out, to my dismay, that I have no DVD players in my entire house. Because, so, that was last night. We picked it up today. Like, I've got a computer that I regularly use. Like, I, I could have sworn that this desktop had a DVD player in it. Nothing. I went to an old laptop. Nothing. I went to another old laptop. Nothing. I went to my wife's laptop. It's broken. <laughs> <laughs> I went to, like, I, I Googled, can 
a Nintendo Wii play DVDs? <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> I went to another desktop that I had. No DVD player. I went to a third desktop that I have. No DVD player. I Your house is just a, a, a computer graveyard. Like, this is... Like, just useless this is old tragic. computers. <laughs> we have way too many useless electronics laying around the house. We really do need to throw them away. So... I had to go over to my mother-in-law's and borrow her <laughs> DVD player. Did you invite her? Did, did I? Did I what? Did, did you invite her to watch it? Watch it with you? Did I invite? No. <laughs> no, absolutely not for this movie. Like, like Vito can warn me. Like, you're going to need to fast forward to the erotica scene. I know you probably won't like it, Jesse. I'm like, all right. Well, my kids definitely can't see this movie then. So I had to like take my whole TV, plant it in my room. And that's why we took so long to watch this movie. Because I couldn't set this up till afterward. Man. So after all that, I've never worked harder to watch a movie in my life. But after all that, I I watched it and I don't it, it was it was a lot of things. It felt really depressing. And I think that's the thing that, like, that brings it down. Like, I just felt really depressed watching all this dancing that ultimately felt kind of meaningless. And I'm not sure if I like that. But it, but it's a thing. It, it was well done. It's well executed throughout. But that's, that's what I got right now. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. Wait, do 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 you rhyme? Yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, definitely an incredibly executed movie. Like it's it's just it's kind of like off the chain. Like someone just went it, just wild abandoned creativeness. Mm-hmm. Um, be, being creative with wild abandon. I love that. Like whenever I see something like that, whatever it is, whether it ends up uh, sticking the landing or not, um, I I appreciate that. And this, I feel like it stuck the landing. It was pretty, I, I felt like it was a coherent movie. Yeah. And I mean, this was the first time I, I'd ever seen it too. Despite the fact that for years you've been telling me that I need to see it. <laughs> Finally, this is the entire reason why you made the podcast, right? Is so that I would see all that jazz and Jesse and Lenny would see all that jazz. I'm pretty sure. Just look, look, a long time ago, a long time ago, uh, a good buddy, Nick, friend of the pod, Nick, we were in our house that we were sharing with a couple of the dudes, actually past guest Chris, uh, maybe some future guests too. And they were, everyone was at work. I didn't have a job. Nick had a part-time job working from home teaching. So he would wear like pajama bottoms and then he'd get a, a, a long sleeve shirt with a tie and he'd sit on the couch and tutor. But when he was done with that, which did not take him very long and I was done applying for jobs, sometimes we would just watch a movie or some TV. Yeah. And this was one of those movies. I believe it was then that we watched it. And it was like a Friday afternoon, you know, <laughs> just two, just two dudes just <laughs> sitting down. And he's like, I think you'll really like this. I said, what is it? He says, it's all that jazz. I said, I don't know what that is. He says, I know. And he turned it on and, and it, it, it blew my mind. And, and so, I just wanted so, to share So you it. just had a great weekend of feeling existential after it? I mean, I don't know when I don't feel existential. Oh, so fair, it just, fair. it made me feel very, it made me feel very good, but I, yeah. I, I interrupted your thing. Oh no, 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 no. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I, I don't even know like how I could say, like, I don't like this. I, I just, I feel like I don't, I don't know what I feel about it. Yeah. Maybe um, it's. So for me, maybe- I, I want to see it again. Like I, I, I saw it once and I saw it by myself and I want to see it with my wife. 
that's that's how I feel. Nice about it. My wife really did enjoy it. Yeah, I was I was very happy that she would because I, I wasn't sure for a long time if she would. I held off on showing it to her for a long time because yeah. this movie's it's pretty personal for me anyway. Like uh, it, it it touches on a lot of the things that I think about all the time. Uh, just just for everyone who's listening, um, the main story of this is that there's a, a Bob Fosse stand-in named Joe Gideon who is balancing putting on this new stage play while also exhaustively editing his film. Um, he's not happy with either one. Neither one is going very well. And he's also trying to balance the numerous women in his life, his his ex-wife and his daughter, his girlfriend. And then he's pretty promiscuous. He sleeps around a bunch and all those women. And he's trying to juggle all these different forces in his life while also chain smoking, uh, doing speed <clears throat> and drinking like a fish. And is, he starts a slow decline. And the movie is about watching him spiral out while trying to balance all these plates. I, I think you mean a fast decline, <laughs> a very speedy decline. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, he's how... spiraling out. <laughs> but I think he's been spiraling for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fair. I just love that, like that, just him getting up, getting in the bathroom, hitting play on the Vivaldi, <laughs> taking yeah. taking his pills, lighting his cigarette in the shower, <laughs> like it's squeezing showtime. eye drops in his eyes. Yeah, <laughs> it's showtime, folks. So, uh, all right. So, what is it about this movie that you connected so strongly with? It's it's how I feel a lot of the times, actually. Like watching Joe Gideon, uh, like amp himself up to do these things. Uh, it's how I feel a lot of times in both in my like creative life and my professional life. Um, I sometimes feel like I'm going a million miles an hour, and it's hard to stop. And what I love about this movie and what it taught me in just very broad terms is sort of the end, what that, what that looks like when you, when you let your drive go completely and you know, you just, you, you let go of the reins and let whatever happens happens. Like it's very good to move with creative impulses. If you're that sort of person, it's very good to be very dedicated to your job and the things that you love. But when you let them rule your life, this is what happens. You, you end up with a broken life and then eventually no life at all. And that's that's what the movie kind of shows, and that that's why when you say it's it's about death and it's depressing, it is. I think that's kind of the message of the movie. And it's so crazy that Bob Fosse saw this in himself, and is like, oh yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, that's exactly what my life is like. Like in an interview he gave that I I, I watched earlier today, the lady asked him like, so now that you've released this film, are you going to slow down and working? And he goes, oh no, absolutely not. No, I'm happiest when I'm at work. Yeah. And it's, it's so strange that I, I, the movie seems very clearly to be saying like, how awful, how awful this life is. The drive to do this and what it's made you do, how terrible the decisions you've made. And then the creator who based it on himself is like, oh, I don't know. Kind of yeah. like it. <laughs> I, I get that. I, I guess <laughs> part of what depresses me is like, I, I didn't feel like there was an answer because I didn't feel like it felt autobiographical, it felt like a man who poured himself into this movie and had made this death scene, like contemplating his own death and not having an answer for it, saying like, I'm going to keep doing this and there's no other way. Which is also why I felt like an, an even bigger sense of like depression from this movie. Like, I guess, yeah, I guess, I, I guess I, no one has the answer, but this guy in particular doesn't have any clue about how to solve any of this no no that, that's that's true i think he's I, I don't think he's interested in solving it right 
he, he doesn't yeah. seem like he cares too much. And even even in the final uh, sequence at the end where, you know, bye bye, my life, goodbye. That's all happening in his head. You know, he gets to like yeah. make amends with all these people, like everyone from the cast shows up to take the final bow. Right. Just like a Broadway show. But it's all in his head. None of this got resolved. Yeah. In reality, he slipped into a coma and died yeah. and left all of these threads undone. And the movie gives you this nice picture, but that's not real. Yeah. And instead you get the hard cut to the body bag, which is the real thing. And for me, that always functioned as as a reminder, like you're going to die. And that's not a reminder to like create while you can. That's that's a reminder to like stop, <laughs> stop sometimes. And like, even characters in the movie say it. You better change, dad. You better stop. Um, look, look at what yeah. you've done to all of us. Like, look at the look at the wreck. I, do you think the movie is making, I, I guess, I guess it didn't seem to me like the movie was making a statement about whether or not it was good or bad. It seemed to me like, like the Bob Fosse character. What is his name in the movie? Joe Gideon. Joe Gideon. Joe Gideon. He was happy. Like even, even as he's, as he's like coughing up a lung, like he's still smiling. It's amazing how, like how much I like being around this person. Yeah. And also everyone else does. Yeah. Everyone likes being around him. Everyone is made better by him in a way, despite the fact that he also ruins their lives. Yeah. But they, they're attracted to him because he is, uh, uh, he's just focused on getting better, doing it just a, a bit better. And it doesn't matter how much it costs. It doesn't matter if it kills him. It has to be perfect. And. Uh, oh, so just, just to be clear, he's, he's focused on, on doing the work better. He is not focused on getting better. Himself. Oh yeah, he's not focused. Yeah, he's focused on whatever he makes becoming better, yeah. not on making himself better. He doesn't yeah. matter almost to himself. Yeah, and uh, I don't. It didn't feel to me like it was making a statement like this is a bad way to live. It I, was like this is. I, I just what think that is. I think that just showing it yeah. was enough of a, at least to me. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. We could. It, it's yeah, okay. No. I just think that just showing how stark that picture was, I thought was enough. Like no one would want this life. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. I think, uh, I think it's like, I don't know how to express this. Uh, well, I guess that's, he was making an artistic film in which like he's showing this life and I don't think he has any answers for it. And yeah, it's just, it's just showing you can interpret that how you want. You can either say, I'm going to go live my life to the fullest or I'm not going to live like that guy. Cause I don't want that to happen to me. Cause yeah, I don't, I think it's open to that interpretation. I think. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. But I think it is also open to an interpretation of like, <clears throat> I mean, everyone ends up in that body bag, right? And what this guy did, he he made these things that don't maybe matter in the end because does anything matter in the end? But he did something. I don't know. I, I feel like it might it's open to that interpretation as well. I, mean, yeah. I think I think it's I think whatever you can say about it, you can say it's very multifaceted. Yes, yeah. Part of what I really loved about it, I think, is is that the fact that that it's kind of just an image in this this incredibly artistic and like not a way I'm used to relating to movies. Way mm -hmm. like I'm not a, a musical guy. Yeah, Letney, did you did you have something that you were about to say? Okay, so I guess um, here's what here's what made the movie unique to me. And I don't know if it's unique in a good way or a bad way, but so it seems like you guys describe the movie. It seems like there's kind of two things happening. One is there's this rapid descent that his life is in decline. And the other is 
this um, this visceral experience of death. And it seems like, I'm going to miss a lot of the beginning of the movie, but it seems like at least in the end, a lot of that, because if you, if you told me we're going to watch a movie about like going on the ride of all the emotions that happen in the last minute of death, I'm totally there for that. But this is not that movie because right. it is doing that, but it's also undercutting all that emotion with a lot of jokes and a lot of music. And I don't know if that's meant to symbolize like, like willing oblivion to death, like kind of dancing while Rome burns. Yeah. But it's definitely a unique take on those emotions. I just don't know if it's a good take. It it almost <laughs> seemed like a hopeful death. Like I hope when I die, I am like dancing in my head. I'm able to make those resolutions with those other people. And then death is a beautiful woman. And I've been like a womanizer <laughs> my entire life. So that is clearly the ideal. <laughs> but you're hoping for something that's not real, right? You're hoping for, I don't know, like a willing ignorance. Like it doesn't seem like he's, I mean, it seems like in a way he's facing his death, but in a way he's not. In in the end, it's just a it's just a big show, right? His life's a, his life's a show, and I think that the way that the character approaches that, it makes complete sense that he would treat the end of his life as the greatest show of all, right? They pull out all the stops. They even like show you the set before they start the sequence, right? And like, look at this big set that we constructed, and then there's Gideon himself, like in the director's chair. Yeah, you know, and he's like, you don't have any lines in this scene. All right, stop trying to talk. <laughs> Um, it's, it's the biggest, yeah, it's the biggest production he's ever going to have. And he wants to nail it. Uh, and he gets to be there with his, you know, his great friend, a good humanitarian, (laughs) my best friend of 25 (laughs) years. Um, well, great. I mean, I, we can talk a little bit more about it as we, as we go further along. Um, I just wanted some good first impressions. Okay. You don't want to go into like the, uh, uh, choreography here, or do you want to do that later? I kind of want to move. I kind of want to move past all three. Oh, okay. And like, like do do them, and then we can kind okay. of talk about all three of them together. Yeah. Okay. If that's okay. It's, okay. it's your birthday episode. Go for it. It okay. is. Okay. I'm just really chomping at the bit to like talk about because I I have no idea what like how how to read the choreography. Here. This is like <laughs> out, totally outside of my realm of experience, and I really want to hear what you you have to say. Okay. But I'm okay with talking about something else. Too. We'll just we'll just we'll just we'll push it. We'll tease yeah, it. Yeah. Um. But oh, before we move on though, I would like to ask: uh, Is this a dad movie? I don't think so. I don't think this is a dad movie. Not for me. Jesse. I uh, yeah. That's a hard no for me, dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think I could ever watch like I purposely put the TV in my room so that way my kids would never see it. Like and I'm happy Daddy's I did shameful that. secret. <laughs> it it feels that way and I like I don't I, I'm gonna enjoy talking about this movie, but I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna personally return to it a lot. So it's not gonna I, I'm not gonna want my kids to associate this with me. <laughs> nice. Um, How about you, Lenny? Well, so like I said, I, I missed the full almost half the movie, so I I, I can't make a judgment. I, I definitely need to rewatch it. So please do. Based it. on what you saw with the erotica. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing I saw was the erotica scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a that's a cold slap in the face, right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't want to walk in the, on the, off the street to that. 
Yeah, especially sitting in a, in a bedroom yeah. with your friend. <laughs> <laughs> we were laughing at it. <laughs> I uh, I'm also going to say that it, it's not a dad movie. Um, it is. It's a movie for this dad, but that does not mean it's a dad movie. Sounds like we lost the family audience. <laughs> uh, I just like as they're watching it unfold, they're like, "Oh, oh no, oh no!" <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, then uh, next up we have the Raid Redemption from 2011. This is written, directed, uh, edited, oh, and choreographed by Gareth Evans, who's a Welsh man, which is very strange that he would go to Malaysia and make three martial arts movies. Indonesia, sorry. He's also known for doing Apostle, uh, the TV show Gangs of London, which is really good. An upcoming movie, Havoc, starring Tom Hardy, Luis Guzman, Timothy Oliphant, and Forrest Whitaker. So I don't know what that's going to be, but that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is starring um, Iko Uwais, who's kind of a, a known guy now. I love this guy. Um, you've seen him in, briefly in Star Wars Episode Seven. Uh, he's also in Headshot, Mile 22, The Night Comes for Us, Stuber, Triple Threat, and in theaters now, Snake Eyes. So that's cool. The new GHO thing. I don't cool. know. That's right. Yeah. He needs to make it, better it actually decisions. looked pretty cool. It looked pretty cool. Uh, like I, I saw the, the commercial for it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Oh, it's the guy from the raid. Yeah. And then it was like G.I. Joe. I'm like, eh. <laughs> <You> lost me. <laughs> Wait, um, which guy does he play in the raid? The main guy. The main guy. Ra- Rama. Okay. Uh, Rama. Yeah. Okay. And then it also stars uh, Joe Taslam, Joey Taslam uh, in this year's Mortal Kombat. Also in that TV show, The Warrior. Um, also, the night comes for us, but Star Trek Beyond, Fast and Furious Eight. Um, he's carving out a nice career for himself. We also have uh, Yayan Ruyan um, from John Wick Chapter Three. Do you guys remember him in that? And, yes. Uh, Star I Wars do. Episode Seven as well. Um, he's cool. He's the long-haired dude. Yeah. Oh, this is oh, yeah. Mad, mad Dog. dog. Yes. Yeah. I'm just he's forever going to call him Mad Dog. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, bad ass. He rules. He, this, he's yeah. terrifying. He's like he is terrifying. He's really scary. He's this. Yeah. Yeah. Scariest martial arts dude I've ever seen. So the the main setup for the Raid Redemption, if people haven't seen it, which you should immediately go see this if you like any kind of action movie at all. <laughs> to, to be clear, though, all three of these movies are hard R's. Like mm. this is a hard R for gore and violence. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, but but be aware, like, don't walk into it and be like, wow, I, I can't believe that this is what it is. This is the most mind-blowing action movie you'll yeah. ever see, and it's also probably the most violent movie you'll ever yeah. see. Unless you've seen The Raid 2. But it's also like <laughs> dancing. It is. Yeah. It is just like dancing. Uh, yeah. Because the, the martial art that they're using here is, is called penchoxilat, which is actually usually described as a dance. Oh, wow. Um, the martial arts yeah. forms that are done are usually done at full speed and full contact, which is wild. And they usually involve multiple people, um, sometimes even with weapons. Uh, it's a full body form, so you use every single piece of you to either attack or defend. Um, it's a, okay. it's a, described as an incredibly aggressive style, and a lot of the moves, even when they're defensive, are offensive. Like, a, a common tactic to parry a kick is to just kick the leg. Like, the kick's coming at you, just just punch that leg. Like, just get it out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> but there's this is like a really ancient uh, form of martial arts that's only practiced in Indonesia. There's like tons and tons of different styles for it. Um, over 150 are recognized officially. Um, but one of the styles is Silek Yanya. Uh, it's always performed in a muddy field, which, which is pretty oh, rare. Oh, which is comes out. Something that we see too. later. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then there's this one called the, uh, the, Mer- the Merpati Puti, or the White Dove style. It comes from the 17th century and is today the standard unarmed martial art of the Indonesian National Armed Forces. 
so cool. It was like really cool. It's really cool. But this yeah. Welsh dude, Gareth Evans, decided that he's going to go over there and he encounters Eco Uwes and uh, uh, not Joey Taslin, but the other guy, uh, Yayan Ruyan. And they're like recognized as, as some of the best practitioners of this martial art over there. And he's like, well, I just want to film this. How can we get this in a movie? Because this is unlike anything I've ever seen. And then makes Morantau and then The Raid and The Raid 2 using this specific style. What do we think of the movie? Lenny. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so I I, um, I really liked it. I, and I think it's one of those movies that I'm liking it the more I think about it, uh, which is weird for an action movie. But yeah, I like it more than I did yesterday, which is more than I liked it when I watched it on Monday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's strange. It happened to me too. But I think part of it for me was just like anybody who mentions the raid, which is mainly Vito a lot. Oh um, yeah, mentions it. <laughs> mentions it with so much hype. So I came in thinking like, ah, oh, this is gonna be like the coolest fist flying just from the get go, and it wasn't quite that. Like the movie has this really cool building of like a, of an atmosphere and suspense at first, um, with like the throbbing music, and they're like going in there and like scouting out the building and slowly climbing up floors, incapacitating people. Um, it's a really cool setup and it establishes a really cool atmosphere. And then it's a bunch of gunfighting, which I was just not expecting for some reason. I thought it was going to be Kung Fu the whole way through. And it wasn't. And said there's this cool transition between the guns and then the machetes and then just fists. And that's it. And I love that. I love the, the, prog- the action progression. I love the, the feel of it. Um, I love being, tra- you know, because you're trapped in a building with all yeah. these scary guys. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And then I love another thing that I just, I really loved about this was like, uh, like our main character. It's so like in John Wick, right? In John Wick, there's like a hero and you know, he's a hero and he immediately starts out as a hero, but, uh, and he just kicks everybody's ass. But in this one, like Rama, you, you don't know anything about it. You don't know what this guy is going to be. And you see him do a few cool things. And then after a while, you're like, oh, when my hero is around, he can kick everybody ass, everybody's ass. When my guy is here, I feel good. And I, I love seeing like this, this star rise um, to become the John Wick sort of legend. That, that I love I love that badass sort of hero. I think that's awesome. And, uh, so, yeah, and like, I, like, like live up to the poster, right? Because it's just him with his back turned looking up at the building. And uh, oh, Oh yeah, it okay. Yeah. I first heard about this on the Slash Filmcast, and they, especially uh, David and Devendra, were like, "Guys, this this movie. What is this movie? Find this movie now!" And it took forever for me to be able to get it. But when I finally did, and I saw that poster, I was like, "Oh, so this is a movie for me." Okay, they did it. They made a movie for me. There's there's this cop <laughs> with these other cops. They got to get a drug dealer. He's on top of an apartment building. They have to fight their way up. That's the movie. There. All right, 30 floors of hell. <laughs> I was like, yes, yeah. do it to me. <laughs> um, all right, so that scene when they're like trapped on the floor and like and the camera pans up, it's in the darkness and it's just like a rows of guys with machine guns. Yes. Like, oh man, it feels so tense. I haven't felt that tense in a very long time in a movie. I, the, I just remember specifically when the, when the guy comes out and he sees them and he turns and starts go running back down the hall and they're trying to keep it quiet, right? But 
they got they got to shoot him. They got to take him out. Yeah. And they do. And once that one shot is fired, it's all over. It's all over now. Now now it's a war. Before it was an insurgency. Maybe we can get in here. Nope. Now it's a war. And now we got to fight literally everyone. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I, I'm yeah. sorry, friend. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm done. I think I I said most of the most of my main points, but I I do want to know what Mike thinks about this movie. Oh yeah, I loved it. It's amazing. It's 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 so cool. It's so freaking cool. I love this movie. Yeah, yeah. It it makes me hyped up. Um, I just watched it again this afternoon. It's just so great. Just just like I was just watching a clip on YouTube. I was just yeah. watching uh, like a, a martial arts instructor watch the final fight scene between between Mad Dog and then his partner and Rama. Yeah. In that in that bare ass room. It's amazing. And oh oh my gosh, yeah. oh, it's the best thing I've ever it's like the every every action scene from the raid is the best thing I've ever seen. And every action scene from the raid too is also the best action scene I've ever seen. And it's yeah. just like, I, uh, what are we even doing? And then then you got to go and like watch a Marvel movie. You're like, what is this shit? <laughs> this is an action. <laughs> no, you like this watch, watching it, I was like, oh yeah, this is my favorite fight scene. And, and then like the next fight scene came, I was like, oh no, no, this one's my favorite. And I was like, no, this one's my favorite. Yes. Every single one is my favorite fight scene ever. So and and it's yeah. also like super cool when they when they have to cut their way through the floor oh to gosh. hide from the guys that are that are coming in after. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Oh, just just hacking away with the axe and using the gun to like shoot. Oh man! See, this is why yeah. we couldn't do a full length episode on the raid because it would just be this. Like, I would just oh, be no, shouting. No, just, like, when he got the knife and he did the thing, and when they were hiding in the place, <laughs> remember when he got that guy and yeah. he jumped backward through the door and slammed his throat on the the wood spikes? Okay, that yeah, <laughs> the wood I, yeah. spike thing. That that's when I was just like this this has a weird style that I've not quite <laughs> seen before. Because on the one hand, that's overly excessive. But on the other hand, I can't think of a faster way to possibly kill that guy. So yeah, I guess that's the best way to go about it. <laughs> and it's just like, the movie is so much about the, well, the, the fighting is so much about improvised weaponry, it yeah. seems like, and just Constantly. using yeah. using the environment around you. And mostly it's bashing heads into lights and stuff yep. like that, which is extremely like troublingly violent but oh, yeah it's also beautiful it's in a awesome. weird way I, I yeah. don't know how to explain express that but well but so it makes sense it's not like over the top in terms of like reality but it is like they're not like, the, the, the movie kind of like stops and just looks at rama looking at what he did and he's like that that's it's gonna, gonna be... stick with me forever. That's nightmare fuel. Here we go. I gotta <laughs> <Yeah>. keep going. <laughs> Gets into um, therapy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't open that chest. What's in it? Nightmares. <laughs> I, I stole that joke. That's Kyle Kinane. Yeah, just wanted yeah. to I, make sure. I also just well, like Mike, you had said, this is the most gory movie you've ever seen. But I'm gonna push back on that a little bit because I was thinking about it, and like this movie is very gory. It has gore, but it's not like. I actually like this movie because it doesn't zoom in on it. It's not yeah. focusing on heads exploding. It's focusing on the action that makes the heads explode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For the most part. Um, and even then, like sometimes it cuts away just as something really bloody was about to happen. So yeah. you don't have to see that. And I thought that was really tastefully done. It's not like, you know, Zack Snyder's 300 where you see somebody's esophagus come off and like, <laughs> <laughs> in slow motion. And no, that's yeah. what you're here to see. Yeah, there's like, there's no entrails, right? There's yeah. You're not actually like, it's bloody, but it, there's not, right. there's not viscera. That's true. So I guess, I guess what I find more troubling, like, like, I don't mean troubling. I mean, like more, more visceral about it is the fact that it's like real. 
Yeah. Like this feels real. Like you don't, I mean, I don't know. I've never, I've never fought my way up 34s of, of hell. Of hell. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean like some of the nice stuff that he does, like he slashes open people's like, uh, like the, their, he gets a knife, he sticks it in their thigh and pulls it down. Runs he, it down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rips out a, a kneecap. Movement. Yeah. He rips out a kneecap. With yeah. Him. Like, like this is like, you don't see the kneecap popping out but you know what he did and you like there's something more visceral about it because he he leaves whatever little there is to your imagination yeah you know like the final little bit he's like and not gonna show you that part but like you know and frankly it it matters and it works and it's more tasteful and it's more impactful it's really exciting in my opinion yeah it it turns it it turns it from an it that i think turns it into an action movie yeah when otherwise it would be a horror movie honestly yeah like Showing showing the viscera of that kind of stuff is more of a horror of a horror thing. Just like calmly watching murder and shit, but it's the combat that makes it fun. Like yeah. like we're not watching Jason stomp around and murder campers by slicing them open. Like we're seeing slicing open, but it's very quick and it's in the heat of battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're watching Dancing with Consequences. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You've heard of Dancing with the Stars. Now you've got Dancing with Consequences. <laughs> Not a lot of return guests. <laughs> Not a lot of return guests on that. Yeah, uh, is this a, is this a dad movie? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Definitely. So me and Jesse had this conversation earlier. <laughs> I think it was last night. I want to say it's not a dad movie, and the reason is that <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Your 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 points are valid here. This is a safe space. Well, I guess it so obviously it depends how you define dad movies, but what, what it seems to me that this movie, unlike classics like say The Godfather, this movie seems very age sensitive to me in terms of appreciation. It seems oh, yeah. like this is the movie that you enjoy most in your twenties, and my mental image of a dad is someone in their forties. Like, like that is when you like really? reach. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mean to insult you guys. No, but the dads here will push that. <laughs> so, I'm 28. I have two kids. Here's what I was trying to explain to Jesse. It's like the full evolution of dad comes at 40 where you oh. have 20 years of experience and all the dad jokes and you're like, you're fully settled in the middle of dad. And you guys are climbing the mountain of dad. But 40 is when you're sitting on the top. Okay, and dad is, I, is I, in the valley. Kids are talking I, I, back a lot. I want to I want to push back and just say, can we rename the podcast The Mountain of Dad? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Yeah, so so you're, just, you're, with that mental image of the 40-year-old dad, I feel like, so I, I don't think this is the kind of movie I would watch with my dad. And mm. that's why I don't think it's a dad movie. I think it's more of a college guy movie than it is a dad movie. I will probably show this to my son when he's like 17. Like oh, before yeah. you go off to college. We're watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. hundred yeah. percent. That's yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Unfortunately, I, I, I only have a daughter at this time and then, um, I will soon have, have another daughter. <laughs> uh, there's probably going to be a son in there at some point. <laughs> um, but that, that's what I'm going to do. I'm also going to say it's a dad movie. And, and if we want to like cast around for a, for a theme to tie this in with the dad thing, which is what you usually try and do. It's, it's standing up against the corrupt system and saying, no, yeah. it's the whole movie. The system he's is also a dad. Yeah. Remember like the whole, the whole yeah. opening of the movie, which I forget 
and I forgot until I saw it again. Yeah. Is that he has a young wife and they're having, they're going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. She's expecting any day. And he leaves and says, don't, you know, don't like, don't have the baby before I'm back. And then he says goodbye to his own dad. Yep. Who's there. Yeah. So it's a whole, it's a whole family thing. Yeah. It's got plenty of dadness in there. And like, it's relying on just a very comfortable dad mentality of, you know, gotta protect my, my wife and kid. I've got to go back to them. But also the action is just awesome. And also to, to further iterate, this is a dad movie, at least for the raid two. Well, I guess this applies to the raid two. Which mm-hmm. I'd say is basically the raid. It's still the raid. It's basically <laughs> we're talking about the raid. Yeah. Well, for the raid two, we went over to my buddy Dan's house, who was also a dad of of many children, and they all had gone to bed <laughs> while we were watching the movie. And like it was just just me and Dad and and Lightning were just sitting on the couch, like all watching it together. And that's really cool. That's this is one of those movies that dads in general can bond over. That's a dad yeah. movie. Yeah, I, I had. I had one of my favorite, my favorite viewing experiences almost to a T are showing the raid to people that haven't seen the raid. I've done it for like three of four of my friends now at this point, like sat, I've seen this movie a lot, <laughs> but like sitting someone down and be like, we're going to watch the raid, dude. We're watching the raid. I did this with my brother-in-law, a uh, past guest, Austin, listen back to the prestige episode. Uh, when he was here, actually, when we recorded the prestige, we sat down and watched the raid and he seems like the number of times I just thought to myself, Holy shit <laughs> was just insane. <laughs> or like past guest Phil, I sat him down and made him watch the raid as well. And he was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, future guest will. I, I remember back in college, I subjected him to this and the raid too. I think several times actually, <laughs> he's very familiar with the raid and uh, I don't know his feelings on it, but he liked it at the time. <laughs> never asked his feeling <laughs> no we're watching the raid dude <laughs> um yeah. this brings us to the raid to Barandal from 2014 um basically same credits for gareth evans same people in this except for joey taslam who is absent um there's a lot of people in this and i've looked up their imdbs and i'm sure they're big stars in indonesia uh, unfortunately I- i'm not familiar with any of their work i, I can't really shout them out but this is a much longer... So the first raid, there's an apartment building. He's got to get to the top, get the drug dealer. Bada bang, bada boom. Oh no, the cops are crooked. And now I have to fight against the cops and the bad guys. That's cool. I'll just kill everyone. And it all works out for me in the end. He walks away clean. Cut to the raid too, which opens like two wait, wait, hours wait, wait, late. Wait, 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 <laughs> There is a brother involved in the raid. There is. Redemption. Right. Yeah. He also is there to get his brother out. Right. So that's an important plot point that they do away with very quickly in the raid too. The, the first like one minute. <laughs> yeah. First one minute, he's died in in a ditch. That's it. Shotgun to the head. Boom. The raid to Barandal. <laughs> oh wow! Which, I thought that character who was going to be really important, right? <laughs> Which also Barandal means uh, thug in uh, in oh, Indonesian. Okay. And uh, this this movie previously existed as a spec script that Gareth Evans wanted to do before the raid redemption. And he couldn't get funding for it. So he did that one first and then backdoored this as a sequel. Um, so this finds Rama fresh off the raid redemption. And he is now tasked with infiltrating a prison to get in with a mobster's son to infiltrate the mobster's organization. Oh, wait, and then from the, there, the reason I he wants to do this is because his brother died and the bad guy killed his brother. So the bad guy's son is in the prison. So he wants, to, no, no, the bad guy's rival son is in the prison. So yes. he goes to the bad guy's rival. He has, he has to get with the son in the prison. 
And that, that's literally where I stopped paying attention to the story. <laughs> yep. I've seen this movie, like, I kid you not, almost as many times as The Raid, because I usually do a one and then a two, and I do not understand the story. I'm going to be like Roger Ebert, okay? I found the story incomprehensible, but also unimportant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I felt, okay, The Raid 2 felt kind of like Revolver. You remember that? Oh, I do, yeah. Yeah, it felt like that. Like, yeah. the bad guy was similar to someone in there, I think. Yeah. And also was incomprehensible yeah. and unnecessary. Isn't there, like, a lot of, like, like Gnostic numbering? Y- yeah. Like, like or, like, Jewish numerology? Yeah, yeah. This was cooler than, than that, to be clear. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. I'm not here to talk about that movie. It's like Kabbalistic texts were involved. I, I'm not talking... <laughs> it just... I'm just saying it had a similar vibe. Yeah. And, and also a similar unnecessity right right to it like it's really flashy and super confusing yeah yeah it's like i'm along for the ride of being confused and when i leave i don't need that yeah come with me like that makes sense yeah what uh what are okay so so if we're gonna leave the comprehensibility of the story aside (laughs) uh what what did you think jesse of of the raid to barandal i I much preferred the action in the raid too. I thought the action scenes were in general cooler. They were doing far different things. Everybody had like their own unique fighting style with their own, like, uh, dude, there's the diner fight scene. There's yeah. the mud fight scene. There's a yeah. fight scene with the hammers. And at the same time, there's, uh, with the guy with the baseball bat. <laughs> that was like, so cool. Every single, every single one of these fight scenes are brutal and crazy and nothing like I'd ever quite seen before. It, but the story, the story, like I started nodding off during those moments between action because it's just like, I don't know what's going on. I'm not really invested. And this is two and a half hours, whereas the raid was one and a half hours. This yes. is a whole hour and it's just story and it's breaking up this action, which yeah. both, which functions as two things. One, it makes the action pop a little more because like your moments of like, you know, phone calls suddenly interrupted by this crazy action. That's kind of all cool. of a sudden someone got the head. And you're like, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> and then it starts. You're like, all right, I'm in. Um. <laughs> no, I experienced the exact same thing. Like, I I was looking. I was like, I've fallen asleep during this movie as many times as I've watched this movie. Um, this is this is a favorite movie of mine to go to sleep to uh, and wake up that, at different yeah. times. But I was I was really paying attention and like watching the subtitles, like eyes on the subtitles. Oh, yeah. trying to watch this freaking movie and understand it for this podcast. And I have to say, I think it's terribly written. This oh, script yeah. is shit. And it's shit because why there's so many, so many minutes are spent in this velvet room <laughs> on the phone. And they're just like saying random disconnected things that sound kind of cool. But I'm like, why are we doing this? What is going on? Where's Rama? I haven't seen Rama in like 12 minutes. Is he dead? Yeah, where's our main character? His brother died. <laughs> And yeah. Uh, yeah. also, there are two versions of this that you can get. Yeah. The one on Amazon is on Amazon Prime that you can rent mm-hmm. is dubbed. You don't want the dub. No, dub is bad. Oh. Get the subbed. Sub version is better. Did you guys watch the dub version? No, yeah, we got the sub version. We, we okay. started out with uh, with the dubbed. It's so bad. I, t- I turned to Dan. I was just like. I don't think so. <laughs> just like I, I really want the sub version. He's like, all right, and then we found a different site that had the sub version. But uh, yeah, it was much. Yeah, it was better that way. Like everybody's voices sounded so goofy. They sound like, so from the get go. That's like, so oh man, bad. I don't want to watch a bad guy who sounds like this. 
Yeah, I uh, my my original encountering of both the raid and the raid two was at the same time because when the raid two came out, it was like it was a really big deal in the states, and so they had both of them uh, for rent at at Redbox. I remember. Oh, okay, just Redbox and Vaunt. Yeah, and I went and I rented both of them, and I brought them home, and I didn't. Back then, you didn't have a choice; they were both dubbed, uh, and it yeah. sucked. And I remember watching both of them, being like, "I love these movies, but I kind of want to watch it on mute." <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, it doesn't That's sync horrible. up. Yeah. They, they're not cast well. People have weird emotions. Like the character's really intense looking, and the person's like, "What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Put your gut into it, dude." Um, well, Sergeant did not go there. Yeah, no. <laughs> sorry, I, I, I interrupted you again. I got really excited. Wait, I, I interrupted you to... to well, I'm interrupting you. Know, you. I'm going to interrupt Letney. <laughs> Letney, so, what did Letney. you think of the Raid 2 Barandal? So I feel like I have to make a lot of, a lot of disclaimers in this podcast because I, I didn't know I was going to be on, so I didn't really prepare. <laughs> so okay. I, was just, I was just watching these movies with Jesse for fun. And uh, another full disclosure, I'm in the process of looking for an apartment. So I had to get an application in that night. So nice. I went over with my laptop and tried to half watch it, but you can't half watch a movie in a foreign language. <laughs> so, so I just straight up missed the first 20 minutes. But luckily it was all plot set up and the plot is nonsense. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so I don't think I've missed any of the, the good okay. part of the movie. No, no, you keep talking. You tried so hard talking about the plot because, like, Lightning was asking me, like, all right, so what was that guy? And I'd be yeah. like, I, I don't know. I think he's our cousin's brother. Well, I think you were like, well, why is he trying to get to the the brother's rival? And you're just like, it's like, it's like, just shut, just shut up, just shut up, just watch. Okay, I, I I really don't. So there was the drunken fighter, right? Like there was the guy, the homeless guy, the homeless guy. Yeah, yeah, and and he's played by by the same guy that plays Mad Dog. It's so cool, but it's not the same character. It's not the same character. That's a badass fight. I thank God that it's there. Yeah. I don't know why it's there. I can actually tell you why. Okay. Because that is the son, the smarmy guy in prison that Rama saves in the mud fight. Yeah. that That's his family's number one dude. Okay. And so because he's trying to stage a coup of the family and force his dad's hand and stuff, he tries to, he removes him from the thing and then tries to frame the other family for doing it. Because no, he knows that guy is like true to his dad and will back him up all the time. He's so he tries to, to fight again. They're trying to frame the Japanese. Yeah, they're trying to frame yeah. the Japanese. So there's three or killing there's the guy, the bad yeah. guy, the bad guy's rival, and then the Japanese and the crooked cops. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of people involved. But but he's, he's, he's trying to start Japanese. the he's trying to start the gang war yeah. between his father and the Japanese by framing <laughs> the Japanese for killing the hitman. Oh, yeah. Even that's why he's there. Who actually again. killed Mad Dog was actually the number two of the bad guy who is his secret ally. So they could have yeah. started a war just yeah, with okay, the two yeah, rivals. I'm, yeah. I'm gone. My my attention <laughs> for this plot. But that that's that's why the son that's walks in and he sees like the whole restaurant full of dead assassins and he sees this one guy still alive and that's why he's like, oh shit, because he thinks like this totally failed. <laughs> and it's just really great that the, that other yeah. guy showed up and killed him. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm okay. I also want to point out like. A problem I had coming out of the raid was that Mad Dog is clearly the best fighter. Oh, yeah. And, and he dies. And it's just like, that's not fair. In an action movie, the best fighter should survive. And so in the raid, too, they sort of fix that for me because they're like, all right, so he's dead, but we brought in the same actor. So yeah, I have seen things. It's I actually, so cool. So Jez has been talking a lot about this, about the problem he has that the best fighter didn't win. And I, I don't agree with him. And the reason I don't agree is I think that, I mean, it is fairly typical to have like your hero be the most talented. 
Oh, yeah. But I think it actually makes it more interesting that Rom is not the most talented because yes. then there's a real risk of, of failure, which you need to make it compelling. At, so at I think the moment, fact that Madoff is better than Rom is, makes it more engaging. Uh, no. I, 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 that's why I was there. <laughs> it, it, they needed two people to take him down. And even when he had a fluorescent light tube stuck in his neck, he's still fighting. Yeah. Like, this guy yeah, is yeah. the most terrifying dude. You need two people to take him down. And and he has to go down. He's 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 loyal to the yeah. loyal to the cause. Yeah. yeah, I would love it if they continue making these movies like the Raid Three, the Raid Four, the Raid Five, and just brought that guy back, yeah. the actor back as new characters, yeah, always yeah. as the best fighter. Yeah, that's great. And that, that would be he, a great thing. He died in both movies by getting his throat slashed. So just keep that up. Every yeah. movie he comes back and gets his throat slashed, and that's it. Exactly. But always slashed with something different. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say. Um, uh, I think I think we're probably on the same we're uh, same dad rating as as the raid. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like yeah, a little less because it's like it's confusing. It's about an hour longer than it should be. Yeah, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you, you same for you, Lenny. Um, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it seems like you want to keep moving. Um, but well, go, <laughs> go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. No, say the things. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, so I guess to me, the raid two is is like the raid one with Tarantino. Like, it seems uh, like the action in the first one is cool, but it's also like gritty and realistic and it feels grounded. It's very grounded. And it seems like in the second one, the fight scenes are just more fun. Like they're bombastic. Yeah. They're almost ridiculous. They're they're lit a lot better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. another thing is that, that that was my biggest problem with the raid one is that it's so washed out. And I yeah. get it. Like, it conveys the mood. It's really powerful at that. But the movie is a visual spectacle. That's the whole point yeah. of it. And it, They also didn't have that washed out. Yeah. yeah. But a washed out movie is just less interesting to watch. Yeah. So the second one is, yeah, it's just Tarantino. It's, like, bright, colorful. It seems like it's reveling in the violence a little more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that seems like the main difference to me, I guess. That's a good take. I, I think I agree with that. Because, uh, I mean, it's also, like, much more almost ridiculous, too. Like, we have Hammer Girl, yeah. who is yeah. who is chemically burned in one eye and deaf. Yeah. <laughs> like, he has to yeah, sign that, that's stuff a, to that's her. That's a Tarantino uh, villain. Yeah, sure. and, then, and yeah. the guy with the baseball bat and the ball. Yeah. And, and he's, like, he's always asking, like, give me the ball back. And no one yeah. does. He's like, well, okay, I'm going to beat you to death then. <laughs> I love the baseball fight scenes. I think that... That was brutal. Also, that was yeah. That made him. I, I was happy when that guy died and Hammer Gar- Girl too. Gareth Evans talks about how he's try. He tried to uh, put humor in this, and he said, like he said, one of the humorous things that we did was baseball bat. Baseball bat. Yeah. When, when, when he gets hit, when he yeah. yeah, and then he and then he like goes over. I always thought that was really funny, and I always laughed at it. And I remember Will when we were laughing at it for the first time. I look over and he's like. That's not funny. It's like, that's, <laughs> that's nauseating. So, so, there were a lot of funny moments in number two. In fact, like, this is like a very quick, like, it was a quick kick. But, like, there's this guy who does, like, a backwards double kick somersault. And while he's doing it and he's upside down, he just gets kicked in the, he just gets <laughs> the face, face or the chest yeah. or whatever. And it's just like, it's so funny. He's trying to do this really fancy thing. He's just like, bam. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, one of my favorite funny moments was right before the hallway scene where he fights the, the hammer girl and the bat boy. Uh, he's just killing, like, 
like two like nobodies in the hallway right before. He just moved <laughs> through the hallway. And he like he like stomps this guy's head, he does like five quick stomps, like stop, 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 stop. <laughs> <laughs> he stabs somebody quickly five yeah. times too. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's so overkill. It's so great. Yeah, I, I think I think my favorite, and I think it's I think it's actually just the greatest fight scene of all time ever put onto film is the kitchen fight at the end. Yeah, I've never seen something that extraordinary, that kinetic and difficult to pull off, and incredibly choreographed, so detailed in the camera movements. Like it's perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. And it keeps escalating and escalating and they introduce new things and it gets worse. They get bloodier and bloodier. And then when they're going at each other with the knives, you're like, oh my gosh, like how is this gonna go? Like you guys in real life you would you would both be dead. Yeah. Like you would both be dead. Yeah. And just to see Rama get pushed to the breaking point. This is like the hardest foe he's ever had to fight. And this guy, this guy almost has his lunch. Like for a lot of this yeah. fight, he is he is running it. And it would honestly when when I want to show like get people interested in the raid, like in both movies, I'm like, just gotta watch, just watch this fight. And every time I do, every time we do, they're like, all right, we'll sit down and watch it right now. <laughs> right now. Let's do it. Well, that's one of the cool things about this movie is that it, it it's really nicely weighted where in the beginning you have that amazing prison uh, mud scene. Oh, oh yeah. the best mud scene. Yeah. That is literally the best mud I've ever seen on screen before. <laughs> it's incredible <laughs> mud. It, it looks fluffy, like marshmallows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so thick. Yeah, it's, I mean, it like, looks like, like a great place to have a brawl. It looks like a <laughs> slightly melted chocolate ice cream everywhere. <laughs> uh, sorry, Lenny. Oh, that's that was my whole point. Is that yeah? It seems like a lot of movies they either you know have their big fight scene too early, or they just have one that you're waiting for at the end. And it seems like this one, it's great that it's balanced that way. That you you get rewarded in the beginning with this awesome scene, and then an hour and a half later they top that with the kitchen yep. scene with the knives. Well, well, okay. Personally, my favorite one is the uh, it's the club scene when uh, the Mad Dog character he's not Mad Dog I can't remember what his name is he's just like inundated with everybody all at once it's yeah. it's literally like fifty people and him yeah. in one building and he goes from floor to floor I thought that was really cool yeah, yeah it's yeah. like it's, I mean, it's a constant like invasion in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. no no yeah. it's man, yeah I don't think I you can go wrong. No. If someone said the mud scene was their favorite fight scene, I would totally believe that too. Yeah, like, I, I love that? the. I just want to shout out to the car chase. We haven't mentioned the car chase. Yeah, and the car chase. I, oh, if you watch the behind the scenes on how they filmed it, they they got a guy, and he dressed up like a car seat in the passenger seat of the car, <laughs> and they drove me? a car next to the car, and they passed the camera from one car into the car, and the guy dressed as the seat grabbed the camera. And put it through the back seat, and then another car grabbed it from the window, <laughs> so they could keep filming the scene. So it's a one cut oh through the gosh. car, seeing all the action. Because That's there's just and they show there's a picture, and he's just like he's like this, just dressed up like a seat. He like has a big cover on his head. He's got like little mittens for hands. <laughs> he's trying to grab the camera and move oh. it through the car. And they're like fighting on top of him. Yes. yes oh my gosh, are. that's I. I both do and don't want that job. <laughs> it's just so cool, yeah. uh, and and that scene is. Yeah. I've never seen a car scene like that. It's it. That was a wild car chase. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that car was pretty roomy. They were throwing people. No, <laughs> oh, it was going everywhere. Also, it was. I don't know. For some reason, I I guess I've been so disillusioned with CGI that I didn't fully appreciate that that was a real car. Mm. Now I'm thinking that was a real car. They were actually throwing people back there. Yeah, that's yeah. really impressive. It was completely practical. Uh, that's and awesome. You can watch the whole scene. It's really amazing. 
it's there. The, the work that was done in this is, is incredible. And that actually kind of brings me to talking about all three of these. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's finally, go. let's bring them all together. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Tell me why you picked all three of these together. Yeah. I think that they are the three best examples of the choreography of the human body, of the study of the human body in motion. Uh, I, I can't, there's other movies like Black Swan, for instance, that are about, yeah. you know, ballet, but they're not really about ballet. You don't see a lot of ballet. A lot of movies that are about people moving ha aren't really about people moving for some reason. It's always about some sort of psychological issue or there's a character arc. And all that jazz manages to do a character arc while also having some of the most intense body work I've seen. Like that's, that's kind of why I, I did warn against the erotica sequence uh, that happens. So just for people who are, who are listening that haven't already tuned out or are tuning back in, um, the erotica sequence in the middle of the movie is he, he's trying to stage this number and he can't really figure out how to do it. And so he does half of it with the actors clothed because the idea is that you get on this airplane and have like a casual hookups between each other and then you leave completely anonymously. Um, and so we have a, a clothed scene that's kind of funny talking about it. Then the lights go down and then most of the dancers strip down to the underpants and it's or about less. or less in a, lot of, in a lot of cases. Yeah. And it's about just watching the movement of the human body. It's about the different muscles that they're stressing. Like I, I talked to my wife about it afterwards and she said that she actually stopped noticing the nudity, which is something I, I, I had, I noticed as well. I stopped kind of noticing that they were naked. Like I knew they were naked, but I was more studying how are they doing these these postures how are they holding themselves so effortlessly when it's clear that it requires so much muscle to dance like this and i i i really fell in love with that i love watching all these dance sequences that are in here these crazily staged right you got all these lights but at the center of it you just have skill and talent and that's what i see in the raid as well the raid there's just a little bit more artifice around it um, it's about the study of the human body, but instead of the curvature and musculature of the human frame, it's about how hard can we push? How hard can we push our bodies? Like how, how fast can we move? How hard can we hit? Can, can I climb that thing? You betcha I can climb that thing. <laughs> can I throw these guys around this car? You betcha I can. And I love seeing that because like stunt people work so hard on movies and it sucks when their stunt work is just taken out by, by a CG artist. Like he needs to make money too and have a living, but there's something beautiful about doing it yourself, doing it practical, no effects. Let's yeah. try it. And that's an art I think that's been really lost. I mean, we wouldn't have early comedy without a lot of this. Like all those Buster Keaton gags, when the house yeah. falls over Buster Keaton, right? And he's standing in the, in the thing, in the little empty window. He's actually doing that. He's just standing there. He's like, I don't know, I might die. Or like when he's out in front of the train trying to move the, the things out of the tracks, he could slip and that train would roll right over him and he would be gone but it's about the danger and the risk. And that's what's exciting. That's what I go to the movies to see is that danger, that risk, that people doing what they love doing and showing me for real. That's why I picked these three. And I also don't think that there's any difference between dance choreography and action choreography when you get down to it. It's all a dance. That's why action movies like John Wick and The Raid are so much fun for me is, yeah, it's sick and awesome and sweet, but it's actually, I just love seeing how challenging these things get how people push themselves and how they get creative and how, how they work with these limitations. Like John Wick 3, they worked with two live attack German shepherds that they trained specifically to maul people and then had to do an action scene with two German shepherds that are trying to maul people. And they don't know they're in a movie. Like they think they're attacking people for real. And as stuntmen, you have to work around that. And they did that? Yeah. That's wild. It's amazing. That's, that's, that's <laughs> Wait, all right, John Wick 3 is the one I haven't seen. Did they attack Keanu Reeves? They're on his side. 
because all dogs are on John Wick's side. Yeah, Yeah, of course. He's fighting (laughs) to avenge the the dogs. He's king of dogs. Yeah. Yeah. He's a king of dogs. (laughs) John Wick Wick chapter four, king of dogs. Yeah. Yeah. He's the real doge whale. (laughs) 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 The conspiracy. Um. And I also, uh, kind of furthering into yeah, that point, yeah. too, about dance choreography and action choreography, um, I think that people have always enjoyed the human body in motion. Oh, yeah. Like, that's why we like the Olympics. Yeah. It's amazing to see people do incredible things that we don't think are possible. Push, Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. why it's amazing. Like, world records are amazing. Because it's yeah. like, whoa, you just pushed what we thought we could do. I mean, are you watching, like, a pole vaulter? How do they do that? How do you make your body do that? No idea. Oh, man. Or people... People doing like backflips on on those little tiny beams in the gymnastics. Like, how did you do that? That's yeah. just a, like blow my mind with your natural ability that you work uh, hard. So, yeah, I'm just gonna go on record and say I I don't watch sports ever. But every time the Olympics is on, I'm like, all right, Liz, whatever. Or I, I tell my wife. Sorry, I don't want to use her name. You know, she's already been on the show. All right, <laughs> multiple I, times. I, I tell, <laughs> so I tell her it's like, all right. We're getting whatever is streaming the Olympics, and we're getting that for the next few weeks because I'm going to watch all of it. <laughs> nice, yeah. like it's so great. Like everybody throughout the world, just like just competing, just competing to do the craziest things they can with their bodies. The like, man, gymnastics is so amazing. Like there are people that can do things that nobody in the history of humanity, recorded humanity, has ever been able to accomplish. That is amazing. Yeah, I love seeing that. Yeah, it's it's inherently thrilling it's also inherently thrilling in the olympics to know that they can fail at any time and you see failure a lot even at the olympics and that's also really cool because that shows you stakes are actually real and i guess that's that is something that i felt in the raid too yeah like and and the raid too which is like i i feel like they can mess up right now i feel like everything can go horribly wrong but i'm just watching people do amazing stunts and I'm emotionally invested because people are dying. So I guess with all that, I think maybe with musicals and dancing in general, like I, I don't quite get that vibe because I know what I'm seeing is just like rehearsed. And then there's no consequences of like messing up. It's it's not like the raid, right? Like you're watching choreography and then whoever has a slightly less good choreography is going to die. I mean, Whereas in immune, it's, it's is, actually exactly the same because no one died and there's no blood. So, yeah, <laughs> just red. Yeah, but the movie yeah. can make me feel that way. And I yeah. felt that with the raid and I don't feel that with all that. Well, I just more of that. I don't feel that with any musical. So it's not that I don't like musicals. Like sometimes it can be shocking and it can just like put exuberance in me. Um, that's mainly through music and not so much through the dance. So I guess... I guess what I'm saying is I appreciate action movies more than musicals. <laughs> I mean, I'm not okay a controversial take. I think I'm going to stand with the populace here and say I demand more action movies. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I'm, I'm there with you. I also just want musicals too. And actually what you're saying reminds yeah. me of the opening scene of All That Jazz, the, cat, the, the cattle call, um, when they have like 100 dancers on the stage and – you know, oh, uh, Gideon yeah. has to weed him out one by one, and in that way, it is a lot like the raid because in, if you want to, they're all they're out of the picture, they're dead, you know, and that's someone's like dreams that are gone now because they're not in this thing, and you can see who's less good and who's who's better, and you can see that naturally because they talk about how they did that, and he's like, yeah, I just had a bunch of extras come in, and then he had um, uh, Roy Scheider had an earpiece in with Bob Fosse in his ear, and he was telling him who to weed out. 
Oh, really? Yeah. That's and he, cool. And he's like, all right, take this guy out and you need to take him out for these reasons. And so there was just this long, like days long process of shooting this scene, which Fosse says is like his job, period. He's like, my job is to cast musicals. I need to see everybody. And I need to That's... watch them dance in this huge thing and just individually pick people out. Be like, not you, not you, not you, not you. And in that way, like the choreography is a little bit better. Some people just pop. And that's who you get up on stage in the end, right? And then you grind those people and you work them, just like when he made the girl cry mm -hmm. um, because she couldn't just lean back. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. And that, that, that to me is, is very thrilling too because at least for me, then I have the emotional ties of, you know, this is someone's dream that, the, that they're chasing and I, I'm tied in that way in, a, in that dramatic yeah. sense. Well, so, I, yeah, I definitely I, feel like the, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like especially with the raid, there's it I, I go back and forth between like feeling the intensity and in, intensity of the moment and the fighting but it definitely like I, I feel it sweep back at times to just like I'm watching this beautiful like dance that these characters are doing and sure like they die but because we're not focusing on like the blood and viscera as it sort of seeps out of their bodies when they're dead um we're we're not concerned with that we're concerned with this guy making his way with these kind of amazing gestures down the hallway past these people you could see you could see like this happening in swan lake yeah right like like it's it's the very different sorts of motions but um it's very much kind of about that same thing and, and it's an expression of of sort of that power i i don't i don't really know i it's i get so masculinity you're yeah. <laughs> the expression of dad or, or desperation um yeah dad or desperation. uh but i feel like i i'm not like i i see that and i can see like how that's the case with the musical and, and like these are these are similar things or, or maybe the action film at its core is a, a specific type of musical maybe yeah. almost or like i think, no, dance I, think it, sequence. I, I think it actually is um, and it's the one that, that like people can relate to the most because mm -hmm. it's got the highest stakes. Um, but maybe like connecting it to all that jazz because all that jazz is more about, it, it's about behind the scenes of the raid mm -hmm. uh, rather than putting on, you know, Chicago or, mm -hmm. or whatever Moulin Rouge. And Chicago was actually going to be this pick for like a long time. And then yeah. I realized that that would actually be redundant to put it here because this is actually more exciting. Yeah. Because of the fact that it is like you're saying it's it's behind everything. It's it's the machinations of how to put this thing together and it, it shows you the physical toll yeah. of doing so. And I thought that was that was an interesting counterpoint to these two which are so glitzy and that you don't really think about how they made them when you're watching them because you're so engaged in just staring at the screen. Um, yeah. you don't have a chance. And in this and in all that jazz there's exhaustive scenes of you showing how this goes. Like that that cattle call scene is so long. It is. And it just keeps going and going and going. You're like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is rough. And then you see like, like sweating more and more and more and getting more desperate. Um, this conversation about the creator and the creative person and stuff, but it's also showing like all the people that the master worker is, is interacting with and the amount of effort and like emotional toll he puts on them by like, making them great at what they're doing and mm -hmm. like pushing them like with his wife when she's doing that, like she's practicing to do a dance yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And she like pulls her, her muscle and he walks in his ex-wife. Yeah. She like hides it. Yep. 
I like in that sequence when he says like, oh yeah, the routine's coming along and then he leaves and he just does it so quickly. And it's, she's, she's like surprised that he was noticing the whole time. She's like, you son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Even when you're having an off day, you're the best at what you do. Yeah. No, I'm I'm happy. That's the stuff I wanted to talk about. Cool. I've been sitting on that for months. I've been trying to talk to people about this for so long and everyone's like, everyone's like, oh, I don't know about that. Or, oh, I'll just have to think about it. The only way I could make a good convincing case for this dance choreography and action choreography being the same is to literally watch an action movie and a movie about dance in one go and be like, all right, now you've seen both. Yeah. I, well, I think that's right. But it also occurred to me after watching The Raid that I've never seen an action movie quite like that. All right, so also realizing that there are different types of action movies. So, like, The Dark Knight, I consider an action movie, and The Matrix and Jason Bourne, or the, the Bourne movies, and all those have, like, more, way more story, and pretty engaging story all the way through, whereas The Raid is literally just, it's just gun and fist fights. All of it. Um, well, at least for The Raid 1, and then The Raid 2 is, it tries to do a story. <laughs> But it can't. Um, And like, I think when you say action movie, sometimes you're... Well, also, war movies are also considered action movies. And that usually shows the the violence and the gore often as a deterrent of war and not really for the class. I don't usually class those together. The the objective is different. I I think generally an action movie is to thrill and that's not always true of war movies. I think you're right, but like if I hear action movies, I'm also going to think guns. So that that also crosses my mind, and I think it usually crosses other people's minds too. I yeah. don't know. Would you? Do you normally consider like Saving Private Ryan a, an action movie? Um, it seems like war movies are a separate. Well, I don't know. There's so many overlapping genres. It seems like yeah. you classify as an action movie, but it's definitely there's a big difference between you know Saving Private Ryan and, and Die Hard. Like or the longest day, kinds of things. or the Great Escape. You U five seven one though, I'd say that's an action movie set in a yeah, war. Yeah, or, but or, like, what's but that like, one? like, like uh, Owen Wilson and, no. and Gene Hackman. Oh, Behind Enemy Lines. Yeah, that's way lines. more of an action yeah. movie than a war movie. Yeah, but like, it seems like most yeah. of the big war movies, like Saving Private Ryan, is a drama. Yeah, like at its core, it's it's a it's a human drama. Um, that's true. Yeah, yeah, but I guess it seems like maybe. At least most of the war movies we're talking about, the it seems like it's less about portraying action and more about showing humans going through something that's incredibly difficult. Yeah. Where an action movie is, yeah, it's the action is the point. Well, like sometimes, I guess that's what surprised me about the beginning of the raid because I was expect, like I said, I was expecting like bullets and fists flying from the get go, and instead I got like a tense feeling. Like, that is actually classically action for me. Like, that is like, uh, oh, that's most action movies. It it's builds a mood. the suspense. Yeah, it builds yeah. a mood, it builds the suspense. And that is like a staple of action movies. Yeah. Because um, you got to care. It, they want to they yeah. build you up so that when the action finally happens, it's a release. Yeah. Right? You're like, oh, yeah. And there's like this, this out breath 
and then you can cheer and everything, right? But you you do want to be kind of like, like, oh, what's gonna happen? Like, oh, it's getting worse. Like things are gonna yeah. go wrong. Things are right now, but I know it's gonna go wrong somehow. It's gonna <laughs> go wrong, but yeah, it's okay now. But that's and that actually to me is maybe what makes an action movie an action movie because like in the Dark Knight, I never really get good action. In fact, the entire Christopher Nolan Batman series, there is not one good action scene that I can think of. The it's closest just, it's I can think of one. is Bane. That's like, the one. Yeah. Yeah. Bane <laughs> hitting pillars. Yeah. Anyway, so the Bane, yeah, the Bane fight scene is the only good fight scene in that entire trilogy. The rest is like super shaky cam. You, I don't remember Quick a single cuts. thing that happens. Yeah. But I consider those act at least the well, Dark Knight an action movie. I, I don't Maybe think not. Actually, I will say, I think the all. opening... I think the opening scene of the Dark Knight, the bank robbery, is oh. a well-known action scene. Oh, that's. Oh, I guess it's it's a heist scene, but it's more of a heist scene, I guess. <laughs> well, the the flow of the movie feels action. It yeah. feels like an action movie. That's what but makes okay. the movie feel like. And the interaction with the bank manager with a shotgun, I think, is very well done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 but, but okay, Marvel movies. Like Marvel movies are action movies that are yeah, like like cleaned movies. and polished for the masses to go and see like uh, no blood, like you know, those are straight up action movies. Like the plot is pretty minimal and kind of unnecessary. There's always like a MacGuffin thingy and there's yeah. like a bad guy, yeah. there's a lot like the good guy. Yeah, and like it's kind yeah. of built to like build the tension up, like like something's going to go wrong, something goes wrong, they have to save the day, and they do. For some reason, it always cups. involves punching. Yeah, why does always punching always like? Why doesn't someone it's, have like a sword? It's American, but someone should have like a sword. Someone should have a gun. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, yeah, so why don't they have a gun? Well, Iron Man. How are there superheroes? Like most yeah, of them, yeah, but should his, be dead. his lasers suck. Like I don't know. Well, it seems like the basis of Marvel action is that you have to be able to constantly have action that does absolutely no damage because we don't <laughs> yeah. want to kill anyone except so. except when iron man shoots a bunch of missiles from like from behind him and it kills all the Taliban <laughs> tanks yeah but, but this is like kung fu movies or kung fu movies like these these have been around for a while right i don't and think this, this is, is a kung fu movie though but it's not it's, you're right it's not a kung fu movie and like it's i not, don't even mean that like a, specifically but usually like there's like a quest right but but even in those Mm -hmm. like i don't know i I haven't i i don't have deep knowledge of of them but like in those tarantino has entered the chat (laughs) (laughs) i'll let him talk um no but like kind of it's a showcase for this incredible ballet of death um and i feel like that's where this is coming from more than say the dark knight christopher nolan christopher nolan's take on an action movie which is not really an action movie it's more of a philosophical pondering yeah like this is this is about that like that ballet of it's an expose almost like uh, uh, an exposition sorry like it's uh remember that and it's always sunny in philadelphia where where they're gonna do the day man (laughs) night man play (laughs) and then max like so i'm gonna just gonna come come across the stage just do a little showcase of karate for the people (laughs) you know like that's kind of what the rate is right it's like okay so i gotta get to that thing but i'm gonna do this this thing first and you can see that and it'll be really fun for everyone yeah um yeah and i think like just what you're talking about jesse with all the different kind of action movies there is there's a million different kinds and that's what's great and now there's like this new tiny little genre um, which is mostly starring Eco Uace. <laughs> These are like Eco Uace movies. Like uh, Headshot. Headshot is is more violent than than the Raid or the Raid Two. Cool. Um, in a good way or in a bad way, or in just it's, a way. It's more of this. Oh, okay, great. It's it's Let's like that. It. And the Night Comes for Us is also more of this. Triple Threat 
is more of this. Like there's a whole genre now that is dedicated to the hardest hitting, uh, best choreographed action scenes and the raid kind of revitalized it. But I mean, Ongbak, the protector was doing this back when uh, we had, uh, what was that one? Um, there's like three different trilogies that did this. One of them had the elephant in it. Yeah, I'll put them in the show notes. No idea. Um, but these have been around since the early 2000s. And the reason that the raid and the raid two were so exciting is that they just made the takes longer. They made less cuts. They made more concrete um, what's happening. And there's something also interesting about American action cinema that's really boring is that in the Born Identity, uh, in, in yeah. most of our mainstream action films, you don't see blows land. Um, it's actually kind of a staple in order to get the PG-13 rating. You generally don't see a fist connect with a face. That's usually reserved for R-rated films. What'll happen is you'll get a quick edit and you'll either, you'll cut around to the back of someone as the punch connects, or you'll cut to immediately after the punch connects, giving you the impression that you saw a punch, but you didn't. You saw something very careful and and uh, sanitized almost. And what these movies do that's so great is that th these are full contact fights. Yeah, like you are actually it's actual violence as opposed to an editor making you think you saw violence. Um, and I think that's a really interesting way of of shooting action. And I, I really am glad that things like John Wick have kind of taken up the mantle, including having the two guys from the raid in right. the end of John Wick three, and they fight John Wick, yeah. and it's awesome. And I, I like that. I love that passing of the torch. And now we even get people like Bob Odenkirk can do it. Like yeah. everyone can do this. Like Charlie's their own for, uh, for Atomic Blonde. You can do this and it's awesome. People like real things. Just like the Olympics, people want reality in their movies. That's why I think we're getting some harder hitting even Marvel stuff. Like we just talked about Black Widow. Right. The most yeah. violent Marvel movie it I've was. ever seen. It was. Well, we talked about how it was kind of like Jason Bourne. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. yeah. So that was like the thing that I thought about most with this, of, of what I've seen in, mm -hmm. in this genre. Like, this is like the Bourne Identity, except way cooler. Yeah. Kinda. This yeah. is like the Bourne Identity, except you get like the coolest fights from like the Bourne Ultimatum, like all the way through and yeah. better. And without all the cuts. Yeah. And, and that, now, now, now when I watch stuff like that or, or Christopher Nolan's thing, it's I have to disengage my mind and, and make it do something different because it's like, oh, I... It, it kind of hurts my eyes now to watch how many cuts there are in movies. Because yeah. all you just, all you start noticing is like, that's a cut, that's a cut, that's a cut, that's a cut. And you're like, wow, why are they cutting so much? Just show well, me the scene. In Christopher <laughs> Nolan's Dark Knight, you just you just see like shaky cam, so you can't really see anything. So they <laughs> yeah. just imagine the raid happening right there. Yeah. Or, or you could watch the warehouse scene from Batman v Superman, and you can really see how Batman takes guys down. And that's super satisfying. Yeah. That, that That's dope as hell. Uh. <laughs> You know a really great uh, action-adventure movie? What? Bahubali. Oh, yeah. Bahubali! Bahubali! Yeah. Shout out, Jude. If Jude's out there listening. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, so Jude, friend of the pod, has mentioned Bahubali many times. Still never seen Bahubali. Just an exhaustive amount of times. Still never seen Bahubali 2. Oh, my gosh. If, if Best, you... like, 10 hours of your life there. Is this going to be your birthday episode? Oh, <laughs> it be my birthday episode. We'll leave that question hanging. Um, but anyway, I think I think that's all I got. Is any anyone else have final thoughts they want to mention? The raid is nothing. really cool. Yeah, the raid's really cool. I think we gotta and, say that. Yeah, I did kind of want to bring up a question that Dan uh, brought up yesterday when we watched uh, the raid two. That um, that is there. Do you guys have any? Any feelings of guilt in enjoying violent movies like this? Because it seems like what we're saying with all that jazz and the raid is that 
it's really not about violence. It's not about enjoying violence. It's about the movement of the human body. It's about how impressive that is and how interesting that is. But I guess it seems like if, in essence, a dance movie and a fight movie are the same, what compels you to watch something as ugly as violence when you don't have to, when you can get the same thing from a dance movie? So thinking about this a little bit, and again, I I was thinking about... uh, like this versus 300 because 300 is also used to be known as like the best action movie. Right. I mean, it was really heavily praised as that. Yeah. Yeah. But mainly because you see people's limbs being chopped off. Like it's, it seems to be praising the gore rather than the, than the actions done to inflict it. Whereas the raid, like it's focusing on the actions done to inflict it. Like it even like zooms away um, like there's that scene where the the kid's head gets shot in, right? Mm-hmm. But it does that from like a respectful distance, not like slow mo in the dude's face. Um, well, okay, so let me clarify my question. It seems like we're trying to make the argument that we like the raid because mm-hmm. it's impressive in terms of what you can do with the human body. Yeah, and it seems like you can get the same thing by watching the Olympics. So, is there a hidden ulterior darkness? that we are indulging in by watching the raid. No, it's, it's mimicking in some ways doing something better. Cause like I was saying, I like watching the Olympics because I like to see the, f- I like to know that there's a, a fear of failure and I get that same thing. And sometimes in some ways stronger artistically in artistic in uh, action movies, because I know my characters can die. And that brings a whole different, different feeling that I think is, worth noting like there is beauty and if you practice this this beautiful art you can die from it and that like i don't even know how to describe why i find that appealing but i really do and i think it can be tastefully and artfully done and is artfully done in the raid because it doesn't focus on the core i mean i i watched that that show like forged in steel i i'm just as excited by that because it's i can't do that i don't know how to make a sword yeah. or, or you watch that forge and fire right and then yeah. there's that 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 glass blowing show on Netflix. You can die from that. You could you'll straight up die in like a second if you accidentally inhale that stuff. Yeah. And that's thrilling too to watch great artisans make things. It's inherently fun and cool and exciting for people to see people who are good at what they do do that thing. And so there might be a hidden ulterior motive. I'm sitting here like pondering and probing, but it's not it's not the same as like my love for horror movies. Like I like horror movies because I don't really like, I don't like it when I don't really like slashers very much. I, I find them kind of boring, uh, but I really do like being scared. I like being scared by horror movies because it's safe. This is a safe way to get my jollies, right? This is safer than getting on a roller coaster because <laughs> mm-hmm. I can watch it from home. And if I don't like it, I can distance myself from it and turn it off. And I, I think it's the same kind of thing with the action movies is that it's, it's thrilling to be able to engage in this and to watch the spectacle unfold in front of you. And it's safe. You feel yeah. insulated. You feel you feel like everything's okay with it, and it's something. It's it's a quick adrenaline boost to you. Yeah, um, I really think that's it. Like I don't I don't enjoy seeing people's hacked up bodies. If I did, then there's plenty of content for me out there. But I'm not consuming it because that's not this. Yeah. Also, like one more thing that I just that I just thought of. Um, like one of the oldest stories in all the humankind is the Iliad, which art like poetically describes uh violence right sometimes yeah. not so poetically <laughs> pretty poetic like <laughs> even, with, just... 
even when graphically it, and even when it graphically it'll say like yeah and the spear went through his thigh and burst forth like a beautiful flower or something <laughs> yeah, like that i remember that that was so beautiful that was awesome yeah it is really but it's like if if you do something but like all of humanity has been attracted to that story for all time and I, I think it's been good for us. I don't think that's that's harmful. I don't think that's bad. And I think d- displaying violence artfully done, which I will defend the the raid is doing, but never defend defend three hundred is doing. Um, right. I, then I think it's 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 worth watching. And I have a hard time describing why I find that beautiful, but I I know it is. I, I think it's got. I mean, for me, it's got something to do with watching the the fight for survival. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's something that I think we, we all experience, uh, in our day-to-day life. Obviously, like I'm not, you know, again, haven't ever fought up a a 30 stories of hell, but, uh, but I mean like, you know, just the day-to-day of like, Hey, you know, I got to go to this store and get in the checkout line and whatever, um, whatever it is. Like I got to drive in my car somewhere and merge lanes. Like someone else wants to merge. I got to fight them out of there. Um, why does life have to be such a battlefield (laughs) exactly i think all of all humans have experienced like the inherent struggle of life and and uh movies and and stories that put us into the shoes of someone who's actually going through a battle of life and death is a way for us to i don't know get a glimpse of ourselves or take not not that like uh, to compare not like it's a comparable sort of battle um but rather to to sort of see through that lens our own lives um, and that's really what stories are for right it's to see our lives through the lens of something that is maybe often especially with myth like myths or or with straight action movies like these are not you know they're 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 small universes they're not the real world um they're taking stuff and putting it into sort of a big um a bigger you know, picture than, than maybe it is in, in real life, but we're able to take that as a lens and look at our own lives and maybe change from it. I, I don't know if, if that's necessarily what this is, yeah. what no, the no, raid actually, is doing. That, yeah. That's what I think all that jazz is doing. Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> yeah. what all that jazz is I'm trying actually, to do. Sure. Just, uh, just, well, yeah, I think that's a really cool thought. And just, just thinking about it, like sometimes I think about like, uh, you know, if I was one of the minions rushing at Rama from the raid, my life would kind of seem pointless. But the way the raid shows it, it's like everybody dies almost like beautifully in a way, like horrifically and beautifully as if like, as if death isn't, hello, as, as if it all as leads to one death. story. Yeah, and it's purposeful. And it's strange that I could say that about a minion in an action movie, but it makes their deaths instead of meaningless have some meaning. Your life and its ultimate end has meaning, and that's something that you learned from the raid. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's what any good artful movie should, yeah. even a- action movie should point out. I think, and I think that's why it's worth watching. I will say, I do feel a little worse about the raid too. I feel like all the colorful cast of characters and evil people makes it more, like all that fun Tarantino type stuff makes it yeah. less. I don't know pure yeah um and it's more like about the spectacle of violence and craziness there's a lot more blood there's a lot more blood yeah um yeah it's hard to be yeah yeah. you know what i cut you off go ahead no no no. go you go i was gonna trail off into ums so you go well i was (laughs) 
I, I I think I agree with you for the raid two, but it's it's mainly because of the raid two is plot is so convoluted, whereas the raid <laughs> one it's so simple. Get to the top, kill the very clearly very evil bad guy. Yeah, and I can get behind that every day of the week. And you I know can't what? Get behind Even... what they're doing the raid two, I don't know what they're doing. With the raid two, they're building up these characters so that you feel good when they die. And like they do that a little bit with the first raid, which is fine. Like you got to you you do that in, in an action movie, but it's like like when they die, it's not like this crazy moment. Like when when the big bad guy dies, like he's just gone. Yeah. Like boom, done. Even when Mad Dog dies, like it's it's just like he's dead. Okay, here we go. Um, we move past it really quick, and I, I I guess you move past it fairly quickly in the raid too. But it's like they build up these boss fights. Yeah, um, yeah. There's several of them, and like you're building a, a relationship of hatred towards these people, so that you're like, yeah, they're dead. I don't like feeling yes, someone's dead, like that much. I want to move past that feeling quickly. I guess I I really liked how how the ending kitchen fight goes. Yeah. Because when that guy finally gives up the ghost, right? You don't feel great. No, because it was so difficult. And yeah. and Rama doesn't feel great about it either. Like he lets the guy like kind of lean on his shoulder as he bleeds out. And yeah. they both just kind of like sit there like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> I like I like that. That I don't know. Respect, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think maybe it's mostly the baseball bat guy in the in the um, yeah. hammer girl. Yeah, like, those those make me they, feel bad. They die really quickly. And then and then they just show him in the long hallway and then they never spoken of again. Yeah. Yeah. Is is that oh sorry. Uh well you know, now that I think about it, the raid you, you know when the the top bad guy dies in the raid, he just gets shot by the, the corrupt cop. Yeah. Right? Like great. I felt that was really fitting. It felt like uh like what I was just saying about the minions all like rushing at the guy and all having in some ways beautifulness and his death wasn't. It was just sad and depressing. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe that was it. That's literally all it took. You were no greater than anybody else, even though you hyped yourself up to be. And you just died by a corrupt cop. Yeah, I I find that because it was so, I don't know, like, unglorified that it becomes more poetic and more more tastefully done, I guess. So I guess, yeah, I think that's really cool. Something I just realized right now. Nice. Does this, does this all attempt to answer your question, Letney. I know you love your big questions and I know that simple <laughs> answers are not very satisfying to you. Um, these are all good answers. I'm not entirely convinced because I, I think mean, that you never you're talking about, <laughs> you're talking about getting purpose out of action or about out of violence or talking about the risk involved. It seems like there are stories that don't require people hurting people to get those messages. So I have a seeking suspicion that we all have a little bit of bloodlust, and that's the reason we gravitate towards these stories. Because violent stories are the most popular stories throughout history. And all of the reasons you guys have been talking about can be, you know, you can get the life and death by watching Alex Honnold in uh, the rock climbing movie, you know? So, but maybe, maybe Vito's right. Maybe, maybe it's about catharsis. Maybe it's about a safe way. And maybe it's not wrong but I do have a seeking suspicion there's there's some darkness behind this. And and you know what you you might really be right. I like I'm not even fighting you on that. You really yeah. might be. Um it's just not it's not where my mind goes immediately. And so they might be there, but I would have to investigate further, I guess. I think there's probably some some I mean, I don't know. To to continue dragging this topic on. 
I think there's something of that there, but I also like get upset when people make that kind of statement. They're like, "Oh, there's other, there's other, there's other stories that don't involve death." It it's like, yeah, than there's also a whole bunch yeah. of other shit out there. Like, why would I ever not read the Bible? Like, that's all you need to read. It's the greatest story ever told, right? There's a ton of violence in that. There's a ton of violence and like rape, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, like okay, like what? I don't know why read the wasteland, right? Why, why watch, uh, why watch all that jazz? Like you could watch, I don't know, Ben Hur, um, or West Side I mean, Story. Like why, why experience any story other than your lived life? It's all just vicarious living, um, yeah. and there's some darkness in that, isn't there? So maybe, so, so maybe I, there I, is. So I, I appreciate we appreciate your question, but you just right off. Like, yeah, I'm a little upset. I'm not gonna lie. Like I've, I've had like people have asked me that before, and and, and it, it upsets me. Usually, my mom asks me that. Yeah, same, same here. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. No, I'm definitely like, making a devil's advocate argument. I definitely yeah. don't believe. But I'm not upset with you. I'm not upset with you. I'm upset at the argument. <laughs> I'm upset. I'm upset that, that he posed a question he doesn't give a shit about. <laughs> no, I do give a shit, and here's why. I don't. I don't think the. I don't think it's true. But I don't have a good answer for myself about why I like violent movies. So yeah. that's why I wanted to bring it up. I mean, I I don't have it either. But I guess my answer is like it's poetic and like poetry is beautiful, and I don't understand why, but it is. That's all I've got. And that's literally the best I've got. Like, I recognize this as beautiful, but I have a really hard time articulating why this should. Uh, I mean, like, it's, I don't know, maybe it's because it's highlighting, uh, like, purpose with chaos at the same time. I think that inherently is usually what poetry is, and this does that pretty well. Um, but, like, I don't know if that justifies watching it, but it, it feels like it does. It certainly seems like violence is a, is a shortcut to to all these things we've been talking about put together, all the conflict and the the danger and the purpose, and it's 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 all right there, wrapped up. Because yeah. it's cool, Letney. Because it's cool. Because <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> Jan. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that's, and I think I would like to appeal to our listeners too. You know, if this is a topic that you yeah. guys think of a lot, uh, have some something to say about. You know, please write us, let us know, uh, comment on our socials, um, write us at notyourfather'smovies at gmail.com. Just yeah, reach out to us a little bit and let us know. Like, I, I intentionally did this episode and I picked these three movies because I knew we would never get to them, and I just wanted to be on record talking about them in some format. So I'm sorry if no one out there actually listens to this one um, because I really had a fun time recording it and. This is all I wanted for, for my birthday from you guys. So thank you. Happy birthday, Vito. Yeah, this was birthday. so much fun. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I got to talk about three really weird movies. It was awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, for all of us at Not Your Father's Movies, I'm Vito. I'm Mike. I'm Jesse. I'm Whitney. Good night.